For almost 40 years, an incredible phenomena has been occurring in a remote village of Bosnia-Herzegovina, which may contain secrets that could change life as we know it. After hearing of a number of miracles from first-hand witnesses, I wonder if this could be a giant wake-up call for humanity. Considering once these secrets are revealed, it could be too late, this just might be worth taking a look into. I'm Shannon Gieselman, and since the day I discovered this place called Medjugorje, I haven't been able to take my mind off of it. Why doesn't everyone know about it? Well, join me as I bring real-life stories of miracles of Medjugorje and why this is a modern-day case for grace. Welcome back to Miracles of Medjugorje, a case for grace. I'm Shannon Gieselman. And today's episode on Medjugorje, or as skeptics like to call it, mega forgery, is for all those naysayers out there who are looking for hard evidence in the supernatural. Now, per the request of Our Lady, I would like to open up today's episode in a brief prayer. So if you'll join me, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I ask that you send your Holy Spirit by means of this podcast to help inspire and enlighten those who are unaware of the messages that you're sending us through your blessed mother. May it help provide comfort and inspiration for those who are at least willing to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, there comes a point in time when science ends and the supernatural begins. And that's when science has no logical explanation. Of course, that doesn't mean that the phenomena doesn't exist. It just means that we've gone beyond our capacity, our human capacity for being able to understand it. In looking at the situation from a purely human perspective and studying it scientifically, I realized that we become like the proverbial doubting Thomas. But that's okay. Jesus ended up showing him grace too. You know, we just celebrated the 39th anniversary of the apparitions that first took place on June 25th, 1981. Do you realize that no other time in history of apparitions have visions of this type lasted for so long and on, on a daily basis? The Medjugorje phenomenon has provided the opportunity to study not only the apparitions, but the state of ecstasy in general. Equally intriguing was the pressure and responsibility to document the apparitions in every possible way since Our Lady declared that this would be the last apparition on earth. If this were to be true, this would be the only opportunity for mankind to study the phenomenon of ecstasy in this way. Also, the technology available in the field of psychology and physiology have never been available back in the days of Lourdes in the 1800s or even for the children of Fatima in 1917. Medjugorje was the first opportunity where a battery of tests using high-tech equipment could be used to study every facet of a human being's experience in the midst of ecstasy. This was intriguing not only from a science point of view, but for the church as well. Even though science gives us a physical and tangible proof that we can witness with our eyes, perhaps no better evidence exists than that of a person's testimony. Just like in a court of law, such was the case when one of the specialists on assignment in Medjugorje describes how his observations of the visionaries impacted him personally. Italian neurophysiologist Dr. Marco Margnelli, a specialist in ecstasy and altered states of consciousness, was part of the group of Italian doctors who tested the visionaries in 1985. As a self-proclaimed atheist, 
He says, I'm a non-believer. Therefore, I went to Medjugorje in a critical spirit, ready to welcome any evidence of what contradicted it. As far as I'm concerned, regarding the states of consciousness in the children, I must say that I have, with my instruments, verified and documented a genuine state of ecstasy. There is no lying, and certainly the children enter a different state of consciousness, that which is scientifically called the alpha state. Certainly, we were in the presence of an extraordinary phenomenon. He goes on to say, there's a videotape of a colleague recording our work in which one can see the absolute synchronous movement of the children and how they all look up at the apparition at the same time. There is a video of the cross which dominates the hill nearby, which disappears suddenly. And there's an absolute silence of the birds which gather before sunset. Then they all go silent as soon as the apparition begins. A lady living in Milan and who seems to me a very reliable person told me a curious fact. Gravely ill with leukemia, she had gone to Medjugorje wishing to be embraced by the Madonna. At the end of the ecstasy, one of the children ran to embrace her, saying to her, that's the embrace you wish for from the Madonna. She's now healed of her illness. Another doctor from Mangiagoli of Milan, Luigi Frigerio, who organized our trip, tells us he was singled out in the same way by one of the visionaries who asked in a loud voice, where is the doctor from Mangiagoli in Milan? The Madonna asked me to tell him she is pleased with the work he is doing. If anyone had told me these things before my journey here, I would have laughed. We are certainly in the presence of an extremely interesting phenomenon. Whether we are dealing with an authentic apparition or something else, that we cannot explain. As Dr. Margnelli confesses, he is now a practicing Catholic, and that speaks volumes. So what I'm about to review with you is hard evidence. Never in the history of the church has any group of individuals been so scrutinized by so many different kinds of experts from all around the world, and never with such complex technology that science offers today over such a long period of time. They were able to measure eye movement, breathing, heart rate, blood pressure, and the function of the larynx and auditory canals, all during the time of ecstasy. The data they collected helped to find the state of the visionaries during ecstasy compared to their normal physiological functioning. Uh, the regularity of the apparitions made for consistent and extremely reliable findings. Here we go. I'm going to read this out. It's very clinical, so it might sound a little dry, but this is exactly as has been documented by the, the scientists themselves. Five alleged visionaries, which I'll go ahead and refer to as subjects from this point forward, uh, were found to simultaneously look precisely at the same spot, even though no reference point was visible, within one-fifth of a second of each other when the Blessed Mother allegedly appears. Such synchronization can only be explained by some external object holding their gaze, but one of which none of us around could see. During the same one-fifth of a second, there are simultaneous kneeling and cessation of eye movements. There is no eye movement during the entire apparition, which varies from three to 45 minutes. There's also the simultaneous raising of their heads and gazing upwards while remaining fixated on a spot moving upwards when the apparition is finishing. Two of the subjects do not blink at all during the apparition. The eyeball normally dries when there is no regular blinking to moisten the cornea, but secretion does not seem necessary during the apparition. The other subjects blink about half the normal rate. None of them blinks in response to touching the eye during the apparition. So cornea sensitivity to varying pressures is completely absent, although they do normally blink at other times. There is no reaction to pain during the apparition, and when touched with an algometer, which causes lesion or skin burn, there was complete absence of sensitivity. 
the subjects react normally to pain at other times. The interesting results of a hearing test before and during an apparition showed normal hearing, but during the apparition, an input of 90 decibels, which is equivalent to a loud explosion, showed no reaction. Auditory evoked potential measurement electrical activity of the ear indicated normal ear activity with no transmission to the inner ear during the apparition. It is a measurable inhibition of hearing that is involuntary and inexplicable physiologically. EEG tests confirm that the alleged visionary's brain functioning is normal and healthy. They rule out the possibility of epilepsy or psychotic hallucinations, and the subjects are not asleep or dreaming either. Hysterical neurotic reaction or pathological ecstasy is also ruled out by the EEG testing. What EEG testing showed was that the, before the apparition, the brain waves are predominantly beta rhythm, interspersed by alpha rhythm, which is normal conscious attentiveness. At the start of the apparition, the beta rhythm remains for a short time and then is replaced by an almost uninterrupted alpha rhythm. Alpha rhythm is most often observed during relaxation and a state of meditation. It also usually requires practice to achieve such a response. Because most of the brain is devoted to visual processing, it is noteworthy that the alpha rhythm over the entire cranium was exhibited while the visionaries had their eyes wide open through the apparition. Closed eyes would be normally expected with alpha rhythm because the visual stimulation usually produces interference with alpha rhythm. To test visual stimulation further, a thousand watt light bulb was placed in front of the eyes of the subjects during the apparition. Not only is a thousand watt light bulb usually painful to the eye, but also it would normally cause increased blinking and influenced alpha rhythm. There was no blinking movement of the eyelids to the thousand watt stimulus. There was an interesting papillary response. The pupil contracted as one would expect in bright light, but there was no change in alpha rhythm to the thousand watt light bulb. This is scientifically inexplicable and never seen before. For the pupil to respond, the brain must register the light, but no brainwave exchange took place. Additionally, such intense stimulation normally causes a significant cortical response, but none occurred during the apparition period. During the subject's apparition period, another scientifically inexplicable event takes place. Their voices stop during the time that they are having the apparition. Even though all the muscles involved in speech continue, all mouth, jaw, and throat muscles, the larynx or voice box shuts off. This is physically impossible. The larynx ceases to emit sound during the apparition, except for one exception. In unison, during the apparition, the subjects will be heard simultaneously praying, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When asked, they report that Mary is leading them in the Lord's prayer. In summary, the results of the scientific investigations conclude that nothing in the physical realm is allowed to interfere with the apparition experience. Scientific experts have defined the phenomena as a state of active, intense prayer partially disconnected from the external world, or a state of contemplation with a separate person whom they alone can see, hear, and touch. Many of the doctors whom examined the visionary's psychological well-being were greatly impressed at their serenity in the midst of such pressure and threats, knowing full well that most adults would have difficulty standing up to such extreme resistance. There was not one doctor, professor, theologian, or scientist who tested the visionaries in all the 28 years of the apparition that found anything abnormal about their behavior. There have been allegations by those who do not believe the apparitions to be true and that the visionaries are hallucinating or lying or under the impression of Satan. But in regards to the actual tests and observations made by the professionals in that area of expertise, the visionaries were found to be normal in every respect.
This held true throughout the first decade of the apparitions up until the most recent test conducted in 2005. What the experts have unanimously concluded can also be seen through the eyes of common sense. For instance, it's possible the visionaries have been faking it all these years, but if that were the case, the reality of six seers simultaneously going into ecstasy for a period of 25 years, well, that would be a phenomenon in and of itself, don't you think? No such case in the history of psychiatry have multiple children started simultaneously hallucinating at 6.40 every evening. These young visionaries never wanted to agree to the initial testing. They just didn't see the purpose of it. It wasn't until the youngest, Yaakov, proposed to ask Our Lady, since they were going to see her anyway, right? At the end of the ecstasy on June 28, 1984, they all agreed that Our Lady's answer was, it is good that you thought of asking me and you may have it done. In that moment, they went from being totally opposed to completely cooperative after having been granted permission by the Blessed Mother. Doctors concluded the phenomena of the apparitions of Medjugorje cannot be explained scientifically, and evidence shows nothing pathologically abnormal in nature. Finally, these young people are healthy and there is no sign of epilepsy or hallucinations. They appear to be free and happy, well-rooted in their community and the modern world. As I mentioned before, any demonic influence has been totally ruled out. In fact, let's look at what the Bible says regarding testing the spirits. In 1 John chapter 4, 1 through 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out in the world, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard and that is coming and now is already in the world. The first words uttered by the Blessed Mother were always, praise be to Jesus at the time of her appearing to the visionaries. Not to mention the time when Visca doused her with holy water and asked if the spirit was not from God to be gone, and she calmly remained. Regarding the personality and character analysis of the subjects, first of all, it must be made clear that the visionaries live a very normal life. They're integrated in their community and in their families and are treated by others like relatives, friends, family, priests, as if they're just very normal people. The phenomenon of a collective suggestion, which I've mentioned before, is not present. They differ from others only in the time they give to the practice of the religion and to the visions themselves. All this is done in a very natural way without complacency, and they are discreet and very polite. They try to shield themselves from the overpowering pressure of pilgrims whenever possible. They're open to conversation and seem patiently resigned to always having to answer the same questions over the course of all these years. And they appear very calm and peaceful and gentle while doing it too. They do not try to convince anyone. They do not exceed what is asked of them. Their smiles, not malicious or smug or artificial in any way. Their movements reflect only kindness and goodwill. They do not solicit attention for an audience, and they do not offer interpretations or personal opinions about their mystical experiences. They only want to report the facts. In review of the timeline over the years, findings have been consistent. I'll start with June 1981, which was just four days after the apparitions. A local doctor claims the children were well-balanced. Now, a couple days after that, they were yet again examined by another doctor, and that doctor concluded the children were normal. In fact, they stated it is the people who brought you here that are insane. You're absolutely normal. Father Slavko Barbarek, a doctor of social psychology and a Franciscan priest, examined all six visionaries. 
Father Slavko's findings were also very positive in describing their behavior. He concluded that there was no sign of hallucination and that the children behaved independently from each other. Okay, December 1983, Dr. Boda, a heart surgeon from Milan, performed an electrocardiogram on Yvonne. Again, he concluded the ecstasy does not suppress normal physiology, but somehow transcends it. March through December of 1984, an extremely important and comprehensive series of tests were conducted by a team of French doctors using highly sophisticated equipment that they brought to Medjugorje. Their conclusion was the phenomena is scientifically inexplicable. January 14, 1986, a team of 17 renowned natural scientists, doctors, psychiatrists, and theologians came to a conclusion on the tests. This was the most competent and thorough collection of scientific data assembled up to this point. Their conclusion was that the ecstatic states of spontaneous apparitions were not states of hypnotic trance. And then in June 25, 2005, on the 24th anniversary of the apparitions, the most recent examination was performed at the request of the Vatican. It brought together again the visionaries Yvonne and Maria of Medjugorje and the same team of experts who were given the opportunity to compare the scientific studies of 20 years ago with the present day experiences of the visionaries. Their conclusions were the same and confirmed the results of the testing that took place in 1984-1985. The final and most recent conclusive evidence to date states after not just one or two or three studies, but 15 over the course of two decades, they all conclude the apparitions are authentic and a supernatural in nature, which cannot scientifically be explained. There really isn't much more proof we can ascertain. In fact, let me just leave you with this thought. If you were to turn the tables and you were one of the visionaries, just ask yourself, what more evidence could you possibly give that would show more proof? I think the case is closed on this one, but if you have a story about Medjugorje, I would love to hear from you. Please contact me at miraclesofmedjugoriapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe and God bless. Mm-hmm.